This series of the podcast, How to Be a Boss at Aging, is proudly sponsored by Clementine. Clementine is an app designed for women by women. Offering bite-sized bursts of hypnotherapy and empowering pick-me-ups, Clementine helps you fit much-needed me time around the rest of your life. Whether you're listening on your coffee break, before bed, or just taking five minutes peace in the loo, Clementine has a whole range of sessions to help you sleep better, feel calmer, and banish self-doubt. The shortest session on the app is just five minutes long. Described by The Guardian as one of the seven apps every woman should own, Clementine has you covered when it comes to sleep, anxiety, and confidence. Find out why over 50,000 women already love Clementine at www.clementineapp.com and follow them on Instagram at clementineappuk. You can download the app for free from your app store and start listening today. Welcome to the podcast, How to Be a Boss at Aging. My name's Anneke Somerville and this is episode five and I'll be talking to Neely Moore. Now, Neely is someone that I found on Instagram. Um, I sometimes find guests on Instagram just because it's quite a good networking tool and I'd followed her for a while and I'd noticed that we were the same age, we're both 47 and she has a two-year-old and I've got a two-year-old and a seven-year-old. And so I was really interested to sort of talk to her about her path to becoming a parent and how that happened and also sort of how it was sort of being an older mum. I guess the problem is that neither her or I have anything to kind of compare it to. So I don't know if I would have been more patient and more energetic if I'd had children in my 20s. Um, The reality was I just wasn't in the right place and didn't have the right partner at that time. But I do feel sometimes that being a a mother of a two, almost two-year-old and a seven-year-old and being 47, it feels um, quite draining. And of course, you're also dealing with things like perimenopause and your body just feels bloody knackered. So whilst I'm not complaining because I I do feel lucky to be in the position that I'm in and Neely says that too that very much she feels that her soul is kind of happy and singing. um, Our bodies sometimes can't keep up a little bit Um, so the truth is at the end of the day um, I sort of feel like I'm aching all over after being bent double with a toddler trying to walk up and down the park for three hours. So we talk about being an older mum, we talk about kind of some of the challenges and we also talk about some of the positive things too. So I hope you enjoy the interview and I'll be back again at the end. I'm excited this week because I've, I've obviously, um, it's funny, Neely, I've, I've followed you on Instagram and yes. I, I think I was saying just before we started recording that yeah. I felt like we had an awful lot in common because I felt that I'd sort of found women who had had kids sort of in their early 40s and I've done yes. podcasts in the past about kind of infertility and IVF. But I haven't really met many women who'd had sort of children in their mid 40s. Um, and obviously yes. I'm 47 and you're 47 as well. Um, and we're both yes. still parenting quite young children. Um, and that's yes. why I was sort of really drawn to your story, because I thought there will be people out there, women listening, who yes. will be in their 40s. And perhaps they'll be thinking about, you know, what what could happen? What are the possibilities? And also maybe just looking for a bit of inspiration. It's really lovely to be here. So that's really good. And we have, we've got so much um, identification and, and, and yeah, I have a, an under two year old and I'm nearly 47 and uh, I gave birth when I was two days off being 45. So um, yeah, my God. And I'm just, you know, navigating the perimenopause and it has actually been, quite a challenge that I didn't um, foresee Um, but obviously I wouldn't change a thing because you know this is the happiest chapter of my life um, so far and it feels really beautiful that I'm nearing more to 50 and my life is 
feels like it's just begun and and you know in the direction that I've you know my, my soul is all always wanted and my body's kind of running to catch up with it my body's struggling my soul's really happy but my human body is like really struggling and you know so that that that's kind of you know where I'm at but I didn't I, I suffered quite a bit of grief when I was really young and I lost my mum when I was 16 and I didn't really have my father around and I didn't really have the right support system and actually I did the good thing what I did have is I had real creativity and it was a real escape and it was really wonderful but I just completely immersed myself but I wasn't really in healthy relationships with other men I wasn't really in a healthy relationship with myself because I hadn't really navigated my trauma in in the right way I, I kind of wasn't held or, or, or I didn't have therapy and I wasn't made safe and 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 unfortunately I kind of went from one dysfunctional relationship to another I did however have a really good uh, career in fashion worked all over the world you know, did amazing things. I was highly creative. You know, it all looked really good from the outside, but on the inside, I was very lost and I was really crumbling and I didn't feel worthy. I had real, you know, um, issues with self-worth and it took a sort of a breakdown, which was a breakthrough at the age of 37, for me to finally really start to love myself. Mm. So... I didn't really think a lot about having a child before because I wasn't in the right mindset. I wasn't really able to really love myself, never mind sort of, you know, manifesting and, 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 and having that sort of stability to have a child. So it came to me quite late mm. because I only sort of started to really deal with my grief and trauma in my 30s. Mm. And I was really lucky because I actually found a 12-step program and that really was fundamentally the start of my healing and transformation and finding a community that I felt safe in. And that, that community held me that I could start to do this deep transformational work to feel whole. And I think in that feeling of feeling whole, it, it, I then felt like I really wanted to have a child, but it wasn't wanting to have a child to fix a hole. I wanted to have a child because I felt stable and I felt, I, I, I kind of, you know, I felt enough that I wanted to, to, to bring in more love and I wanted to care and I wanted to go on that journey, which a lot of women, you know, go on because it's our birthright if we choose that path. So it became very aware to me. It was a big burning desire. I was going to say, Nina, because I'm interested in um, your sort of well your kind of story mirrors a lot of the things that I think I went through as well which is really interesting yeah, I know I get, um, I, get, I get that feeling it's amazing did you ever have that sense sort of when all this stuff was going on in your 30s did you ever have like because people talk a lot about the kind of the ticking clock and all of that was yeah. there something oh, I, in the back of your yeah. head that you were sort of thinking shit at some point I've, yeah. got to, I've got to really take this on board because I oh, think yeah I sort of had that feeling I was kind of like I I was working in a career but I kept I was seeing all of the friends that I went to school with and they Me all too. were having kids and I was yes. like staying at their houses <gasps> and seeing these yeah. kids running around and the kids were growing up 
and I sort of felt like there was a train that was kind of hurtling past at great speed and that I might have to start trying to get on that train somehow maybe just yeah. clutching onto the back of the carriage with for dear life did you have those feelings while you were sort of oh. working and doing all this other stuff yeah it makes me feel I feel like I kind of want to cry sort of you know because you take me back to memories where I would go and stay I have beautiful friends and I'd go and stay with all my different beautiful friends that were living these sort of beautiful perfect lives with their husbands and their kids and their kids were growing up and you know I'd, I'd come away and uh, you know I would never want to take the the light off them and 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 but I would come away feeling very empty and very um sad even though I'd have the most joyous weekend with my friends and all their kids, I would be getting on a train or getting in a car, driving back, you know, and it'd just be me. And it'd just be like, my God, how am I going to do this? So this really was going on in, in, in really uh, from my mid-30s, mm. you know, and it took me quite a few years. I knew I couldn't go on the journey of, um, yeah, I wasn't in the right relationship you know, and, 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 you know, it was a whole journey, but the first thing I had to do was to create stability in myself and self-belief in myself and, you know, to courage in myself that mm. I was very, uh, yeah, I was acutely aware that there was, all my friends were really happy in a family life mm. and I needed to create that. And did you, so then, did you then go on to start having IVF or how did that start because that's another thing isn't it it's not really on your yeah. radar and then no. suddenly quite quickly it comes onto your radar and you're plunged into this whole new world of kind of yeah. taking certain hormones at certain times and having scans yeah. and you know all these yes. different appointments and you almost get into this it's not a cult but it's a club isn't it it's a club of women who are all yes. doing this one thing and it becomes yes. like a sort of well for me I'm talking it just became an obsession then it became, oh, it became the, the one, the in one a, thing sorry to interrupt in a way it kind of like you know for me it had to be an obsession I I did put sort of career moves and other things I did put to one side because I knew that it would take all of my energy to you know to to do what I uh, needed to do and 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 at that point I there wasn't a stone that I didn't leave and turned I mean I joined co-parent because I wasn't sure how I was going to you know bring you know a child into the world I wasn't quite sure but I just knew that there was this ticking that you know there was a ticking clock in in the back of my head like you said all the time so I joined co-parenting websites you know I was contemplating having sex with strangers at the, the, the time of my month I mean I you know I'm, I my head completely went everywhere you know and then I was thinking you know about having you know obviously IVF by myself IVF I, I was in a relationship sort of on and off for quite a few years and you know who's very much in my life now and very much is my soulmate but I I didn't start to have I didn't have IVF until I was 41 but I met my partner who I'm with now when I was about 39 and I very much sort of said to, and you know he's 25 years older than me he pretty much said I'm really sorry I don't want to have kids mm. but you know you are free to be and you know to become a mother however you know whatever path you want to go down you know I love you and you are free so in that way you know there, there were times when you know we weren't together and I was on dating websites meeting men thinking oh my god <laughs> but in my heart you know I, I, I had a lovely soulmate who I'd met and who I love very much 
but we were not going to have kids together for a, a whole different set of reasons. Um, mostly his age, his sperm, the condition of his sperm. He has a child uh, with disabilities. So it just, you know, that, that wasn't, and also that wasn't his heart and his wishes. So that wasn't on the path. I then filled all the forms out for IVF through the NHS. That got declined because my hormones were so off the Richter scale. And then two years later, because they changed the law from 40 to 42, I applied again. I actually got it because I improved my fertility holistically through nutrition um i you know which was amazing so you know it was a really long journey but for for it's very complicated that that didn't work out the paperwork went to the wrong hospital and by the time they got the paperwork i would have been 42 so at that point i thought my god i've got to really get this ball rolling you know i'm gonna to have to do it privately mm. and i'm gonna do it by myself so you know i found and I felt really, you know, I felt really strong in my body. There was a lot of sort of like underlying health, you know, um, things going on that I'd, you know, really worked with myself nutritionally and with supplements. So I felt really strong. So it was a good place to be. But I didn't have my first round of IVF until I was 41. Mm. But started the journey really in my head when I was about 37. Yeah, so that's a long time. And then how long many... Cycles of IVF did you have, if you don't mind me asking? I, I, I had three. Right. And, and in then, between that, I lost my dog and I grieved for a year losing my dog because she really was, you know, like my first baby. Mm. Um, and I, you know, put on hold any IVF during that time. And that was when I made that transition. The first two IVFs, I used my own eggs. Mm. And, you know, I kind of thought, you know, I was going to genetically have my own child. Then I lost my dog and I was grieving for this dog that has none of my DNA that I was absolutely madly, crazily in love with. And I think about it every day. And I just thought, you know, I didn't have, you know, it wasn't a big grieving process when I then really wholeheartedly embraced donor egg and, and donor sperm because of my love for my, my love for my dog. I just knew that, it, you know, I felt like my dog had been sent to me and I just, it just felt a very easy way to move forward. I just really believed that my spirit child would come to me and I had to do what I needed to do statistically with science yeah. to optimise my best chance. I think that's with... so important because I think you've touched yeah. on so many things because I met so many women on the journey and many of yes. them were taking steps nutrition-wise, having acupuncture, doing relaxation, yeah. doing kind of yep. hypnotherapy, the whole yep, world. did it all. Yep, but me too. The, the problem is, and at the end of the day, I think many of us realised and they realised that yeah. it is, it, it's kind of the cold, hard science is, is also part of that whole thing too so like yes. unfortunately i can remember one friend having a really extensive kind of list of nutritional things that she was going to eat and food she was going to avoid yeah, me and too. Supplements. i did all of that <laughs> and she was ordering lots of sort of supplements off the internet yes, some of yes. them were like 60 70 pounds yes each. that was me um and whilst i was sort of going through ivf yes. i was kind of yes. like oh my god like i was getting very neurotic so i was like shit i'm not taking all of these different supplements and do sure. i need to take them and, all. and some of them I did take and some I didn't and then when we both Difficult. got to the end of the thing I think there was a cycle where it worked for me and it didn't work for her and there was yes. a sense that 
there wasn't really any logic to it. Like on paper, no. that we were both sort of a similar age. If anything, she yeah. was doing much more on the nutrition side of things. So I would hate people to think, oh, that doesn't play a part because it definitely does. No. I guess there is, we're relying very heavily on science, aren't we? And the fact that that's yes. got, at the end of the day, that embryo has got to be healthy and it's got to grow and the cells have got to divide and that's got to become a, a healthy baby yeah you're so right that whole thing of you know feeling like you know your your body you know you know that you you're a failure and yeah I mean and all of that you know shame that we take on and you know that's really heavy and and really heavy on the heart and it's not the truth and you're so right it is really about science and you know those chromosomes coming together and for whatever reason you know we're all different we're all unique we've all got unique genes we've all got you know different toxins we've all got different you know there's no you can't really compare or or you know look at anybody else's journey because you're just unique in your own cellular makeup and it's I don't like to use the word lucky either because I do think there is like an orchestration you know there there is a, a collaboration but it is science Mm. it is science and we just have to yeah be gentle on ourselves and and just you know we're doing our best we're doing yeah. our, and even now as a mummy we're doing our best I know and how have you found that Neely because I guess being uh, you touched on it a bit I suppose just that idea of being a, a, a mum who is also maybe perimenopausal so kind of yeah. going through those things but sometimes also I mean, some people have said to me, oh, you must be more relaxed because you're older. You're kind of a bit more chilled out because you, and I'm sort of like, no, no, I don't think that's, I don't think that's the pattern. I think the older that I've got, probably when I was in my twenties, I was much less aware of kind of, you know, my own did a man did a, did, a, did a woman or a man say that to you? I don't know. I think actually, do you know, I think a few, a few people have said it to me, men and women. Wow. Um, and actually, I suppose it depends how you age, but with me, unfortunately, yes. I think I've had a tendency to become more anxious the older I've got. Oh, I think the same. Um, so how do you, how do you juggle that and marry that with being, because motherhood already is a very sort of, I don't know, it's high stakes game, isn't it? There's a lot of stuff yeah. to think about and a lot of responsibility. I suppose you can't really compare it to what it would have been like earlier in your life, but do you think it's different for you versus maybe if you've been in your 20s or early 30s? I, I mean, only from my own experience, I think, you know, it's so difficult being perimenopausal and I didn't weigh that into the equation. I remember once, you know, a lovely lady saying to me, are you sure you want to have kids? You know, perimenopausal, you know, really, it's, you know, it's really hard. And I just kind of thought, huh, I'll be fine. I've done yoga for 10 years. I'll bounce back. You know, the weight will drop off and I'm not going to have an issue with that. I've got lots of you know, self-help tools and, you, you know, I do lots of stuff and, oh my God, you know, nothing prepares you for that hormone fluctuation, uh, perimenopausal in early motherhood. It is really freaking hard. And I think I found it really hard. It's been, it's been, I thought I was going to, I thought I was going to breeze through it. I really thought that it wasn't going to be an issue. And actually, I think the first year was so hard. I mean, I could, you know, it wasn't that I was depressed or, or you know, crippling. Well, actually, I had terrible anxiety and it felt incredibly hormonal. And it was really difficult. I think fundamentally it's about the sleep deprivation. You know, it was really uh, the fact that I... Uh, 
you know, didn't have the time to cook nourishing foods. So I got caught up in a, in a carb and a sugar quick fulfillment. So I was doing, you know, all the wrong things really that was feeding my anxiety and, you know, disturbing, you know, like, you know, my gut biome, but it was my best. It was the best that I could do in that moment predominantly by myself a lot with those feeds every three hours and sleep oh. deprivation I was just that it was the best I could do I don't know I mean I'm full of admiration for the fact that you breastfed as well because obviously yeah. lots of um you know I know there's loads of debate about what's what's and you know but I think yeah fed, me, fed is best fed is best exactly but <laughs> yeah. I sort of had this I had this thing where I I tried so hard to make it work and it just oh, didn't tough. it didn't happen and then actually I think it took there was a health visitor who came over and at this point I would say my, my daughter was starting to lose weight so she was to me when I looked at her yeah. she looked like a skeleton I was kind of like oh my god she's just getting skinnier and skinnier and yeah. tinier and um it was unfortunately because I just don't think I was producing enough milk or but I don't know what was going on and actually yes. I was very lucky because one of my friends who was up the road as a midwife and yeah. the health minister said oh you need to take her into A&E because she's definitely losing weight well yes. you might as well have just set my head on fire you know in terms of kind Ooh. of like anxiety and luckily yeah. this midwife was so sweet and she came over and she said listen she said let's just see how it goes but why why don't you try combination feeding like why don't you just yes. try topping it up with a bit of formula oh I did and, that and then the problem was is that I then went on all these bloody forums and they were like yes. don't ever top up with formula it's really bad you know oh, don't do that isn't and, it? I, and I even got comments I think I was on I don't know oh isn't that awful a forum it's terrible, terrible that we can be so judgmental oh, it's, it's terrible awful. but anyway the long and the mm. short of it was I didn't feel at my age yeah so I take my hat off that I could deal with what was the demands of kind of feeding every three hours yes. already and being my age. So I just yes. I made the decision. It took a while. It took me about six months and I made the decision to just go onto formula. Having said that, I felt like a massive yeah. flop, like many women do. Cause I'm like, Oh yes. shit. You know? And now I'm like, who cares really? It's fine. Like it's absolutely yeah, fine. Of course. Of course. But I just think it's, um, that mum gill is massive, isn't oh, it's it? Bloody enormous. Exactly. I, I mean, no one prepared me for the fact that you have this beautiful life that comes into the world and you're actually born with guilt. Mm. it's like there's two births mm. there's a birth of something precious in this new life and then there's this birth of this ongoing relationship with guilt I know. that just morphs all the time into different sorts of guilty feelings I, I mean and that is a <laughs> freaking like I think you've expressed that really well because I think that's the problem is throughout the journey no one told me that no well I think nobody does it's actually it's funny I think I think mums perhaps don't or parents don't because it's almost like you have to experience it yourself. Yes. And hopefully, yeah. hopefully. I mean, did you find that there were other mothers your age that you could, because I've, I've had funny dynamics at school, for example, where I've been chatting to a mum or someone I thought was a mum and I thought, oh, this is really cool. And a lot of the mums are really lovely, by the way, but I was talking yes. to a mum and then I was kind of like, oh, She's the grandma. She's actually the grandma <laughs> because she's picking up this kid and she's going, yes. oh, my daughter can't come today. You know, my daughter's yes. not here. 
And I'm yes. like, oh, this is why I'm feeling some sense of affinity with you is because we're probably around the same yes. age. Yes. And I'm just like, and then you get this kind of sudden like, oh my God, what's going on? Of course, of course, of course. Just to back, and I've got a story, I've got lots of little stories on that too, but just to backtrack, you know, breastfeeding was a really hard journey for me. And when he, when my little one came, when Wilder came into the world, I had to stay in hospital for five days. It was really, I, I you know, I, you know, I just felt the whole thing really difficult and I felt very sensitive and, and there felt, it was really difficult. And I came home and I couldn't get into latch on and I had all midwives come round and they sort of said to me, if he loses any more weight, you're going to have to go back into hospital, the same as you. Mm-hmm. I mean, and it's traumatizing to have a midwife say something like that to you when you're a mother and you you, you know you've navigating all these hormones so I'm so with you and I did the same thing and I started on formula and it wasn't what I wanted to do but you know fed is best and you know my mental health was like really important and you know just I, I mean I was really lucky you know it took me nearly a month to keep trying, you know, and I'm not a mother of two, you're a mother of two, and we all do the best with what we've got going on around our lives. And, you know, and I was really lucky that in the end, we did get there, but it was quite traumatizing and it was really difficult. It was really demanding. I felt very alone and it was very emotional, but I I was very lucky that I did break through to the other side and, you know, and it was incredibly, you know, joyous and, and, and loving. And, but it felt, you know, I had to go, yeah it was it was it felt quite harrowing it was a horrible and whatever choice you made you felt like a failure it was you know it wasn't at all that blissful connection of early motherhood it was a bloody nightmare I know. it was and really I think, yeah I think part of that is also um you sort of identified the the feeling of how it should be versus how it is there's just always yeah. this thing of kind of it should be this way oh. and it's not like that and so there must be something wrong with me and yeah. obviously if you, you sort of impose that lens and then if you go to baby groups and you also think oh they look like they've got it sussed look they're doing yeah. everything right but the funny thing is that once you look under the surface you'll find that most women are going through exactly the same thing and they're like yes. shit they're not eating properly or I'm, why why won't they ever sleep or you know how come I'm feeling this strange kind of sense of guilt all the time and that's yeah. kind of why I started doing podcasts and and being quite oh, open amazing. about the stuff I was going through because I was like, actually and actually millions of people are going through the same thing but they just hide it I think I think some people are yes. better at hiding the struggle and yes. so you just see this veneer of kind of perfection but actually underneath yeah. it there's still that little flappy legs going up and down and the panic you know so absolutely yeah I, I think for those first few months where the hormones are really heavy it was you know there was a perfection thing am I doing this right and looking at other people and once I got over those first few months and maybe this is a nicer thing about being older you know and maybe where you know your friends have said is it easier but I do think being older you just kind of think you know fuck it, I don't mean to swear, but you do sort of trust your own instinct and your own gut and you don't take on board other people's um, opinions. So I did manage, I think once my hormones were more balanced to intuitively um, just connect to my child and and, and believe in, you know, mummy knows best Mm. uh, uh, and and sort of um, really, yeah, really not, not, you know, because I was a people pleaser, 
You know, I used to be a people pleaser and actually becoming a mum has made me a warrior. Yeah, and it's amazing. It's amazing. So people are like, wow, she's really changed. You know, because I've got you know, I've got my little spare, and I'm like, you know, in, you know, my protective, and I'm sure, I'm sure that's you know, also you know, my hormones, but you know, and I'm very protective of, you know, my little child. But maybe you know, in the past, people would feel that they could sort of say lots of things to me because I was mm. a people pleaser. So I've got I've got such healthier boundaries now. Isn't that interesting? That's good because yeah. it's like a. A, tra- a positive transformation that motherhood's yes. brought into your life. Amazing. Do you think if there's women kind of listening now and maybe they're going through IVF or they're kind of like we both have, I suppose yes. just looking at what could be the route to being a parent because I'm now, you know, I'm 42 or I'm 43 and I'm yes. sort of thinking, shit, what can I do? What would be your kind of advice? Is it in terms of sort of staying strong, but also just in terms of, I suppose because, the route that you've chosen, you were open-minded. At the end of the day, yes. you just decided that this is going to be the best way to make it happen in my life. Yeah, I need that... my goalpost. Yeah, exactly. And you did it quite... Well, I know you didn't do it quickly, but you didn't... Once you'd made that decision, you went for it. What kind of advice would you give to, to women who are maybe sort of sitting on the fence a bit or sort of thinking, I'm not sure what to do next or should I just even call it a day? I mean, everyone's situation is so different, isn't it? But... Is there any advice you could offer? I'd really just go for it with all of your heart and I really would optimize everything. So, you know, um, you know, if you, you you are, you know, in your forties, you know, who's not to say that you can't get pregnant because you definitely can, you know, it can still happen. You might have to embrace different pathways, but I completely support, you know, going on the route of IUI or IVF and using your own eggs, you know, embracing that and looking after yourself nutritionally and your mindset and, you know, just kind of cleansing and detoxing your thoughts and, and, you know, working with your body, um, you know, having a look at, you know, making sure you do all of your blurs so you can look at your organs and your thyroid and your liver and, you know, what's going on and just really working with yourself and, and your body. But I would, you know, definitely say, you know, absolutely go for it and believe in yourself. And then, you know, at some point, you know, that statistically it is the truth that, you know, it does go down to a three to 6% chance when you are 43 years of age if you do want to go on the IVF journey you know maybe it would be wise to you know move the goalpost and look at different options of egg donation which I did read up about epigenetics it's fascinating you know it very much um, explains to you that there's this new cutting edge science where um, you know as the embryo is is growing and evolving in your uterus that you know you really have an input genetically in 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 how the embryo develops the the child's personality and characteristics you know you really do come into that collaboration with the um the sperm and the egg and the development of the child you know and it's fascinating so just get as much information as possible knowledge is power being open I think you know getting out of your own way you know we have this fixed idea uh, you know getting out of your own way and just offering it to your higher power to 
the world and looking actually getting that marriage of the of the of the mind and the heart kind of getting them together not just coming from control and the mind you know sort of having the statistics the knowledge and then having the heart aligned with that information and and then moving from that place Mm. and did you ever did you ever consider not you know at some point you must have thought because I know I certainly did certainly having I think you know having going through periods of having a miscarriage maybe having three miscarriages I think in total yeah you sort of thought well it's just not gonna happen you know it's not gonna happen I think making peace with that's really important as well I think and and I definitely did because you know I had three IVFs over um you know nearly nearly five years and there were times when I, you know, after the second failure that, you know, it, it, failure is an awful word, but, you know, I did sort of kind of let go and made peace with maybe it wasn't meant to be for me. And I think, you know, there is something, you know, being in the now and accepting the now is really important. But then if you do have the finances and you do have the, the, the strength of, you know, the, the mind, and um you know that you can continue and carry on then you know I, I really would continue and carry on well listen I'm gonna say I'm gonna wrap things up what I might do actually is I'm gonna put a couple of resources next to the podcast just if people want to find out more um, yes I think some of the things you mentioned are really interesting but thanks yes. so much for for taking part today and um and what's your sorry your handle on Instagram if people want yes. to follow you can you tell me again what that is Yes, Mother Heart IVF. Mother Heart IVF. So I would really recommend that people follow you because I just think, well, the other thing that inspired me was that you do wild swimming as well. Yes, yes. I can't, I know that that is the thing that I need to do, but I haven't got any body of water near me that seems to be accessible because we so I I was actually getting to the point, I think I saw one of your posts and I was like, oh my god, that just looks so what I'm in the mood for, what I need, like, you know. When um, we're juggling motherhood and we've got very little time, you know, and just finding some quick, it's like having a quick coffee, isn't it? It's like you can't, you know, wake up, have your coffee, you know, change your consciousness, get strength for your day at hand. Mm. You know, it's trying to find very quick ways to connect to nature and change your consciousness and be the best mum you want to be. It's tough. I hear you. And I'm very fortunate. I have hamster teeth right on my doorstep. So yeah, yeah, we have to, we have to sort of, you know, work with what we've got around us. And yeah, the the cold showers are brilliant. I find getting in a cold shower more difficult than getting into the cold pond. (laughs) But my partner's, yeah, my partner's an avid cold shower and it's part of, you know, his, his, I can see how his consciousness changed. He was part of the reason why I really thought, yeah, I'm going to do this. That's so interesting. And does he do them in the morning? Yeah, he's amazing. He's been doing them for like decades. Right, I need to get the cold shower on then. Yeah, cold shower. I do hot and cold. I can't seem to sort of do, so I do a little little bit of... um, I do a little bit of both, but the cold shower, even if it's just for a minute, you know, and I've had to work at, you know, sort of putting different parts of my body into it. You know, it's been quite difficult to immerse myself, Um, but it definitely changes your consciousness. Mm. It awakens, it awakens, and you definitely feel that, you know, you, you can, you just feel more alive and with more positivity. 
Thanks for listening to that. You can hear at the very end we talk about um, outdoor swimming, or is it called wild water swimming, or is that wild water when you get in a canoe and go down rapids like they do in Deliverance? Um, I get very confused, but I'm always, always up for trying um, outdoor swimming. I live near a canal, um, and the problem is there's lots of dead creatures in there most of the time, I and mean, it's a lovely bit of uh, nature, but it isn't something that I would swim in. So I'm my next kind of objective is to try swimming outdoors mainly because I just think it's going to wake me up quite a lot Um, and the other thing that I was interested in sort of finding out about was that Neely talked after we'd finished recording about cold showers and actually how important it is to blast your body with really cold water after you've had a warm shower um, and just sort of build up the length of time now I had, I don't know if this has been scientifically proven so um, please don't quote me on it but again it feels like something in these winter months that could be quite invigorating especially when it's so dark and as I talk at the moment the clocks have just changed so in our house we're currently getting up at about 5.15 in the morning so uh, yeah a cold shower is definitely something that's on the agenda so yeah if you're listening you fancy joining me in the freezing cold shower outdoor swimming wild water rafting uh, extravaganza that is going to be november then do join me and again please do like and subscribe and review and spread the word and i'll see you next week thanks Ta-ra!